Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Welcome back to hour number two, today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Whether you are tuning in on the AM side at 1490, some of you like it old school, that's the way I do it. Like if I listen to sports talk radio that's on an AM and an FM signal, I always choose the AM side. I just, like it's... It's just nostalgic for me. It doesn't. It doesn't sound right on FM. I don't know. Just to me, I I know everything sounds better on FM, but I still like to do it old school. So fourteen ninety a.m. If you've chosen to uh, jump into the twenty first century, unlike this old codger, you can find us on one hundred four point nine FM. Or if you're choosing to uh, really go, uh, you know, nouveau, you can. Did I just say nouveau? Oh man, now I'm really starting to show my age. If if you really want to jump into the twenty first century. You can join the live stream via the website at ESPNTucson.com. And we also have the podcast up. Podcast is available every single day, the daily podcast, usually within a couple hours after the show is over. Uh, that is going to be up on all of the, uh, uh, on all of the uh, places where you can get your podcasts. So you get Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts. You can get TuneIn, Stitcher, Amazon Music, okay? So Audible, all the places you can get your podcast. You will find the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson. And uh, uh, coming up also this hour, sometime within the next 54 minutes, FC Tucson tickets, a pair of FC Tucson tickets to go see FC Tucson take on Union Omaha. Omaha! This Saturday at 7 o'clock at Kino North. Um, So Wildcat practice continuing. They had split squad yesterday. Interesting concept, okay? It allows the coaches to have more hands-on time, more detailed coaching with the younger players. So they split them up into the morning along with transfer quarterback Jordan McLeod, giving him more opportunities, more reps essentially. Uh, just uh, we, we, They want to see him throw the football. They want to see him work. They want to see him. They want to see his footwork. They want to see his mechanics. They, they need to watch him. But in practice, you also need to give, especially when you don't have the – you know the the standout number one quarterback. Uh, you you want to see them all. You need you need to see everybody. That, that's the most important evaluation you have, right? The one guy who's going to have the ball in his hands every single play is going to be a really important job that you want to meet out. So um, Jordan McLeod getting a special session yesterday morning. The team is off today. No practice today. They're going to be coming back to practice tomorrow, and then uh, and then of course uh, through the weekend as well. As I, as I started talking about before, one of the things that I've noticed about this, this team, this staff, is the amount of exuberance that they show, not only on the field, but when, even when they're just talking to the media. These coaches really, truly enjoy, they love and are excited about talking about their players, their guys, the guys that they work with on a daily basis. I mentioned in, in, in our number one, Brendan Carroll, offensive coordinator, up until yesterday, I didn't realize the guy had a pair of vocal cords. Like, even on the field, he's not he's, – he's very calculated. He's watching, and he talks with guys, but he's not a screamer. And then I would hear interviews with Brendan Carroll, and the guy was, like, whispering. I'm like, oh, man, he's quiet. And when Brian Jeffries and I were talking, Brian was like, yeah, Brendan's really quiet. And then yesterday he gets on the microphone and he's animated and he's loud and he's talking and he's screaming at guys and like, yeah, pool party, my place, <laughs> you know, having a good time. And he, he cautioned media, fans, whatever have you, to 
to be patient with the quarterback group. And it's, it's exactly what I said yesterday. Look, he even said it. He said it last night. He goes, we're day one and a half in pads. We're just getting started. And I basically said the same thing yesterday. We haven't even started to scratch the surface of the evaluation of these guys. One, one of the guys just got there. The guy with the most experience, Jordan McLeod, just showed up. Like, just had his first practice a, few, a week ago. Just pump the brakes a little bit. They're going to find a quarterback. I know it's taking longer than a lot of people want to because you want to know who your QB1 is going into the season so that you can make your predictions or whatever you want to do. It, it, it's, it's nice to know and have that solidarity that you're like, okay, we, we all know who our QB1 is going to be. We want to be confident in who it is and uh, so that everybody's on the same page. The, the, the Wildcats are going to wait a while. We're, we're going to have to wait to find out who emerges as the number one. Even Jed Fish, you know, and I think, you know, Coach Brennan, you know, was maybe not sending a message to Coach Fish, but look, I think even even if you ask Jed, you know, he, he did the, the – he made the comment the other day that, you know, none of our quarterbacks are separated and it's a little bit disheartening and yada, yada, yada. And Brendan Carroll comes out yesterday and says we got to relax. We got to just just stay patient. We're just really early in the in the process of figuring out who our quarterback is. They will find out who it is. I don't know who it will be. Uh, I spoke, you know, I gave my opinions on the three guys who I think are the the le- the most likely candidates to be QB one. I don't know much about Jordan McLeod. I watched him play once last year on TV. Was impressed. Obviously, he had five touchdowns in that game. <laughs> the only game I saw, I was like, "Wow, this guy's great." Um, but you know, we saw Will Plummer play up close and personal. We we you know we kind of know what we're getting with him. And then with you know with Gunner, we know we're going to get a guy with a big arm. Uh, came from the Washington State stable of of quarterbacks that are up there. They were they were recruited to come and play that style. So one of those guys is going to emerge, and we have to trust in the process. Now, one of the one of the reasons why I believe there's a lot of exuberance here, and honestly, this person, this one single addition to this program, has, in my opinion, made the biggest difference. The, the certainly the most noticeable difference. And when when it was announced that Tyler Owens was going to be coming over as the strength and conditioning coach for Arizona, immediately, pardon, pardon me, immediately the discussions began because of his resume. And his resume sticks out like a sore thumb. He worked in the strength and conditioning room. He was in the training room for Alabama for the last five years, where he also played linebacker and won two national championships. Dude has won five national championships during his time in college football, both as a player and as a conditioning coach. Okay, now he was he was under um, uh, Balu there, who's is their you know their strength and conditioning guru at Alabama, but he was on the staff for the last five years with Nick Saban. He was training Heisman Trophy winners. He was, you know, in in charge of a lot of the conditioning. He trained, uh, what were they, forty eight NFL draft picks during that time? I, just ridiculous. Okay, four SEC titles. Three national championships as a conditioning coach, two national championships as a linebacker under Nick Saban in Alabama, and this dude has shown up in Tucson and turned this football team into what looks like a real like a real slew of football players. And I'm not trying to be like when you compare them to the previous two years or what these dudes look like, 
like these guys are scary looking. Like the one thing that I've noticed, and I, I catch myself saying, I was at Friday at practice. I'm looking around, didn't recognize Michael Wiley. I was like, who's that kid? Who? Oh my God, it's Michael Wiley. Didn't recognize him. I looked at Stevie Rocker. I was like, holy crap, Stevie Rocker looks huge. Like I saw him play a year ago at CDO, and the first thing that stood out to me is like, he's not as big as I thought he would be. And then I see him in practice on Friday. I'm like, damn, kid's yoked. My comment when I saw Anthony Pandy at Pac-12 Media Day, I texted my buddy. I was like, are you watching Pac-12 Media Day? Anthony Pandy's got pythons. Like, the, this dude came in, Tyler Owens, you're gonna, you'll hear coaches talk about him when they say T.O. They're not talking about Terrell Owens, okay? They're talking about Tyler Owens. They call him T.O. So anytime you hear the coaches say T.O. or the players say T.O., they're talking about the director of strength and conditioning, Tyler Owens. Okay? <laughs> this guy has, has shown up on campus and turned our players into a bunch of dudes. And I mean it. Like, these guys are showing up yoked. Big, strong, and I think the most important thing that we're going to see out of all of it is – so I – let me let me step backpedal just a moment. I, this is a problem that I have. I have so many freaking conversations with people, and I have like a million things going through my mind at once. I want to say it all at the same time, and I have problems just you know putting together a, a single thought into a sentence, and I digress, and I bounce, and I bounce back. So it's kind of like a time machine listening to my radio show. I appreciate you sticking with it. Conversations that I've had with coaches guys who who not only played the game of football but have been around a lot okay i have i have a, a close relationship with a former coach who has been around a long time a long time this person is also an analyst and still does and covers college football in a very intimate level okay we have had conversations about a multitude of things specifically here in the pac 12 one conversation that he that we had, and this was something that he just brought up while we were talking. He said, "Do you know? Do you want to know what sets Alabama aside? Why they have so many players going to the NFL? Yes, they recruit the best players in the country, and that's that's important. There have been a lot of schools that have recruited the best players in the country and sent them off to the NFL, and it hasn't meant squat. Miami, I'm looking at you." And yes, they've had many, many good players in in, in the in the NFL. But look, Miami led uh, recruiting trail for a decade and a half. They should have produced more. I mean, Alabama's producing more in six years than than the U did in fifteen. He told me it's the stamina. They they, they preach strength and stamina at Alabama. They they want their guys to be able to play sixty minutes of football and not be tired. You watch Alabama in the fourth quarter of games. Now, granted, they're usually up by 40 points when they get there, so it's not as important. But in tight games, you watch Alabama play. They are still the most physical team in the country in the fourth quarter. Nothing stops. They, they never stop coming at you. They are, they are conditioned to play that way. And that's what strength and conditioning coach uh, Balu, who's been there, you know, and, and, you know, guys like Tyler Owens has been contributing to that. And that's one of the things that I've also noticed about this Arizona program, the, the players. 
Anthony Pandy had a full practice in pads last night, literally walks off the field, stood there for five minutes waiting for Coach Brennan Carroll to give his interview, and then walked to the microphone. If you haven't watched the if if you haven't watched the interview, you can go to YouTube and watch it. Arizona Athletics has a great YouTube channel. You can watch all of the all of the interviews and everything there. They 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 update it daily. It's phenomenal. I watch the channel all the time. If you if you haven't watched it, and if you didn't know that they had just had a lengthy practice in pads with a full team session just right at the end of practice, a full eleven on eleven goal line situation slobber knocking, head slapping, tackling, tackles being made, guys getting hit, Clay Markoff firing off and, and, and uh, lead blocking and power run game, you would never have known that Anthony Pandy just engaged in a grueling pa- practice. He looked like he just like, walked out of the locker room. He was fresh. He was happy. He's like, yep, yeah, today's great. Great practice today. Great guy. No sweat, like nothing. Like he, he was ready to go. He no, not a problem. And that's one of the things that when I was talking with this former head coach and friend of mine, when he mentioned, and this was a couple of years ago, we were talking about this. He's like, Alabama's conditioning is, is what sets them apart. You can go out and you can get all the best players in the world. You don't condition them to play football for 60 minutes. They'll never get you to the finish line. That's the difference. Alabama's difference maker is their conditioning. And right now, that that way of thinking, that mental conditioning, if you will, has been brought to Arizona's program, which is why when they hired Tyler Owens, I immediately went back to that conversation that I had with this coach, and I'm like, oh, okay, so we're going to now have players that are conditioned to get us to the finish line, something that we have been missing for quite some time. Now, the Rich Rodriguez era, they had some really good strength and conditioning coaches. They had one of the, you know, one of the great guys in the country doing uh, strength and conditioning, and Arizona looked good for a few years, got us to a Fiesta Bowl, then he left, and, and everything went to hell in a handbasket. Um, but when Tyler Owens came in, when T.O. came in, he made an immediate change in the way these players view conditioning uh, and, and taking care of their bodies. And you can tell. You're, you're going to notice it. If you haven't been to a practice yet, if you haven't really watched the team or looked at the team, Compare what the players looked like last year to what they looked like this year. I get it. These are young men. They're still growing. Things are going to develop. This stuff has happened overnight. Like, this has been a rapid improvement. Now, this is something that I'm familiar with because at Arizona Basketball, they have far and away the best strength coach in the country, period, end of story. Chris Rounds is number one. He's the best conditioning coach, best strength and conditioning coach in basketball in the entire country, you will find very few people argue with that. Very, very few people argue with that. I'll never forget the first time I met Lowry Markinen. Lowry Markinen was on an official visit. He was at the game, and I was talking with the staff, and they're like, there's Lowry. And I'm like, what are you talking about? That see-through wet noodle over there? That's going to be our star <laughs> our star player from Finland? Is that guy who looks like he's going to be carried off by a stiff breeze? Okay. Seven months later. Lowry showed up. I'm on campus. I see Lowry Markinen. Didn't even recognize him. Coach, like, that's, that's Lowry Markinen right there. I'm like, wait, that is no. Uh-uh. There's no way. <laughs> There's no way. He had put on, like, 15 pounds of muscle, looked like a completely different person in seven months. Folks, 
kids, young men, don't develop that quickly unless they buy into the, to the strength and conditioning program of a great coach. Arizona football now has that with Tyler Owens, and he's made an immediate difference in this program. You look at these guys walking around on the field, running around out there, they are dudes. They are set. And they're going to be conditioned for longevity. They're going to be conditioned to get Arizona to the finish line, as my friend and former coach said. That's the difference with Alabama. They get five-star guys and then condition them to get to the finish line. That's why Alabama continues to win national championships. That's why they continue to send guys to New York for Heisman Trophy candidacy and why they continue to send dudes to the NFL at a record pace, record pace, because the conditioning is off the charts. These guys can play for 60 minutes and play at 100% tilt for the entire game. That's the biggest difference biggest difference maker so far in Arizona football and an invaluable hire by Jed Fish. Unbelievable target by Jed Fish. The best move that he's made. And I look, I love the coaching staff. I love Scotty Graham. I've talked to a lot of people about Scotty Graham, running backs coach. If you haven't met Scotty, if you haven't looked at, go to the YouTube page and watch his, his interview, his press conference from two days ago. It's, it's inspiring. It's motivating. Great guy. I love the hires that Jed Fish made on his staff as far as coaching goes, couldn't love any more than Tyler Owens and what T.O. brings to this team. It is obvious and it is immediate what he has done. We're going to come back. We'll talk more about Arizona football. There was uh, a lot of discussion yesterday um, about some, some specific players, and I want to talk about that because we need to start to get to know who the guys are, right? We need to start to get to know who's going to be standing out, who's going to be playing, because game one is September 4th. It's coming up, folks. Less than a month from now, when they kick off in Las Vegas against BYU, we need to know who we're looking for, who we're rooting for, and what names and numbers we're looking for. We'll talk about that next. Don't miss NFL Cover 2 each weekday here on ESPN Tucson. It's brought to you by Barrio Brewing Company. Barrio Brewing Company is Arizona's oldest brewery, celebrating 30 years of brewing for Arizona. More Wildcat football next. You're listening to the Jeff Dean Show here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. All right, let's do it. Let's give away some tickets to go see FC Tucson versus Union Omaha, the soccer match this Saturday at Keno North. Gates open at 6, kickoff at 7 p.m., Caller number two at 719-1490. That's 520-719-1490. You are going to win a pair of tickets to go see FC Tucson soccer, football, whatever you want to call it. Uh, regardless, it's the same game. They're going to be playing a lot of kicky ball out there at Kino North. And uh, good luck and enjoy. Let's continue with some Arizona football talk here because, you know, it's, 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 we're gearing up. And I just found out, I just did the math, it's 25 days to kick off. 25 days till we find out what this team can do on a football field during live bullets okay, against BYU. Could be a good team this year. Got a chance to win that football game. Some of the players that are going to be featured, okay, and some of the guys that are being talked about in practice right now, Anthony Pandy, whom I mentioned previously in the previous segment, looked like he just walked out of the, the – uh, the locker room to start practice after 
just engaging in practice, um, had a lot to say about certain players. Um, he when he mentioned they mentioned uh, fullback Clay Markoff, he's like, oh yeah, he brings it. Uh, he got a piece of me down here at the goal line in that in that uh, eleven on eleven the team uh, session yesterday. He uh, he introduced himself to Anthony Pandy real quick. Anthony Pandy uh, Pandy also mentioned Bowling Green transfer Jerry Roberts says he caught on fast. Um, he's, Jerry Roberts is the redshirt junior. This is a, this is a player that Wildcats really needed. He even Pandy said so because we needed a Mike, like we needed a middle linebacker bad, uh, and says that Jerry Roberts has come in and caught on fast. Roberts, you know, looks the part. Six two two twenty five, uh, you know, good Mike backer is going to play. Um, Colby Cage, he mentioned uh, a freshman out of New Orleans, said uh, that Colby Cage has, has played really well, and as roller coasterish as it has been with Treshawn Hayward, uh, he's the transfer from Western Michigan. He's the 2019 MAC Conference Defensive Player of the Year. He had transferred. Then it was announced, uh, you know, a, a couple a month ago or two months ago, that he had left the program. He was excused from the program, and then a couple weeks ago, now he's back. It's been kind of a roller coaster. I'm not exactly sure what exactly is going on, but. Trishon Hayward is being mentioned at practice by players and coaches, and he's showing why he was the MAC Defensive Player of the Year tackling machine, and why Don Brown was so, in you know, intent on bringing him here. Now, some of the uh, the eyeballs at practice, and I'm and I'm going to go off of uh, the assessments of a, of a few of the the reporters, Jason Shear, Michael Lev, a couple of the names of guys who have have made note of certain things that they saw at practice. I wasn't able to go, obviously, yesterday, and uh, and so I'm, I'm kind of just going off of, off of what they say if coaches or players didn't mention anything at their uh, in their press conference time after the practice. Uh, they noted that Tavian Cunningham continues to show vast improvement. I talked about Tavian yesterday, that, that straight-line speed, which is just so incredibly He's, you know, he's got that track star speed, straight line speed, and as we've seen in years past, in other teams and other players, track stars, it takes them a little while to get to be football players, right? It takes them a little bit of time to learn the position, to learn the nuance of football. If Tavian Cunningham has finally gotten that, because we've seen him in the offense, featured in the offense, jet sweeps and things, just get the ball in his hands, something great's going to happen. Now he's going to be running routes. And according to what people have seen at practice, he has been really, really good. He's been sitting down in zones, giving quarterbacks targets to, uh, you know, a good open target, a faced target to throw to um, when, the, uh, w- when the quarterback has to bail out or doing rollouts. And he's been able to split defenses, split defenders, and get vertical and score touchdowns. So, a lot of people like what they see at a Tavian Cunningham. If if he has truly learned how to play the wide receiver position, this conference is in for a wake-up call with Tavian Cunningham because he is on the field one of the fastest players in the conference. He is remarkable. Uh, another name that stood out uh, to some of the eyeballs, Jalen Harris, not surprised. He had three TFLs, uh, tackle for loss, during a five-play span of the team session last night. That's that's the the kind of the kind of stuff that we expect out of Jalen Harris. Jason Harris too. Jason, of course, going to be playing the the outside linebacker, the will slash uh, edge rusher. Um, he's going to be lining up there as well, bringing his talent 
that uh, you know that we expect out of out of Jason Harris. So Jalen Harris had a big night last night as well. Gunnar Maldonado, who is a transfer. Now, now let me just let me point this out here real quick. Jalen Harris, okay, Desert Ridge High School. Jason Harris went to Higley High School, both up in the valley. Okay, Gunnar Maldonado, who's a transfer from Northwestern, safety transfer from Northwestern, went to Chandler High School. He was named yesterday by a couple of the a couple of the reporters that I mentioned, Michael Lev, Jason Shear, as a guy who was making big plays specifically in the end zone. Malik Reed was named by these reporters uh, as, as a, a person who stood out in practice last night. Linebacker, transfer from Wisconsin, but went to Chandler High School. Showed a great athleticism. What I'm liking about this, not only are the transfer guys coming in and making immediate progress and making immediate impact, showing that Jed Fish and his staff truly have a good eye for, for lack of a better term, the free agency of college football, the transfer portal, finding guys who have played at other programs, bringing them in here to fit into your system and seeing if they can play. We are seeing that right now. Jerry Roberts, Bowling Green transfer, has caught on fast, according to Anthony Pandy. Colby, uh, uh, not Colby, uh, Treshawn uh, Hayward, transfer from Western Michigan, has shown up now after a, a roller coaster uh, offseason and is starting to perform. Gunnar Maldonado, transfer from Northwestern Chandler High School. Love that. Malik Reed, transfer from Wisconsin Chandler High School. Love that. Jason Harris, transfer from Colorado Higley High School in Phoenix, Gilbert area. Love that. Jalen Harris, of course, with the Desert Ridge. We're familiar with Jalen. Okay. Not only are the are the transfers showing up that they you know they went and got, a lot of these dudes are Arizona high school projects. Okay. They are they are kids that grew up here in the state of Arizona. This is something that fans, media, everybody has been pounding on Arizona to to, to return to. A return to recruiting the state of Arizona. And I thought it was interesting yesterday, and I don't have the story in front of me. I believe it was Stuart Mandel of The Athletic. I'll see if I can find it. How, talking about how – or no, I'm sorry. It was, um, it was Doug Howler, Doug Howler of The Athletic. Doug Howler covers Arizona State football uh, up here in the Valley for The Athletic. He went around talking to high school coaches, and they were like, yeah, we don't really see anybody from ASU here on campus anymore. We did a couple of years ago. We saw guys, but we haven't really seen anybody – from that school on our campus in a long time. They have abandoned the state of Arizona. Jet Fish and his crew have come in and said, we are going to recruit Arizona. I even talked about this last week when, you know, with, with Matt Moreno when we were talking recruiting, just how good Arizona football has become. I was listening to a national show the other day, a national show not connected to the state of Arizona whatsoever. These guys are in the south and in the Midwest. They were talking about Arizona. They were like, they were like, you know, what is what are the two Arizona schools doing with their recruiting process? Because there are quarterbacks littered throughout the country, guys who are going to be up for Heisman Trophy candidacy this year, that left the state of Arizona to go play somewhere else. This is a, this is turning into one of the. It already is one of the top fifteen states in the country as far as high school football recruiting goes, and it's quickly approaching top 10 status, in my opinion. It's close. 
I think Arizona might be 11th or 12th right now. But I'll tell you what, if guys like Brock Purdy and Spencer Rattler and the likes continue to show out and have great seasons, and if Spencer Rattler goes out and wins a Heisman Trophy for Lincoln Riley at, at Oklahoma, uh, State of Arizona gets a big fat target painted on it as far as a, uh, a place, a hotbed for QBs. So you want to be on that train before the storm happens, before the other schools come in and start snatching up all the talent that we should be getting on early, right? So Arizona and its staff already laying the tracks, bringing in transfers who played high school here. Okay, These are good transfers regardless, but these are guys that should have already been here, right? These are, these are players... You know, uh, you know, guys like Gunnar Maldonado probably should have already been here. Malik Reed probably should have already been here. We know that we tried hard to Jason Harris, and for whatever reasons, you know, he decided to go play at Colorado, but he's back now. He, he's where he belongs. So these are guys that already should be here, and, and this staff has not only made it important to them to go out and get these guys bring them back home, but based on some of the recruiting practices that are going on and some of the things that you're hearing up here in Phoenix, the presence from U of A football is strong. Strong and intentional. And we like that. Congratulations to Ray Holbrook. Ray Holbrook is our winner of the FC Tucson tickets. Congratulations, Ray. Thank you for listening. And uh, enjoy the game this Saturday. When we return, some MLB news. I'll give you my uh, MLB power rankings as we have just about uh, six, seven weeks remaining in the season. Also, the big event coming up this week, the Field of Dreams game. Just how big is that going to be for MLB? Also, what about bleacher sports? Uh, I'm not bleacher sports. Uh, Barstool sports. I'm looking at something else here. Barstool sports and their foray into possibly doing some Major League Baseball games. They've made a splash here in the city of Tucson. What about nationally now? We'll talk about that next. You're listening here to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. A lot of things happening with Major League Baseball, not with, with anything to do with what the product on the field is, but how people are going to be viewing the product on the field. Now, coming up this Thursday is the the Field of Dreams game, which I'm extremely excited about. I can't wait to hear. There's a lot of hype around it. Um, Fox Sports is going to be broadcasting it this Thursday. It's the White Sox and Yankees live from the cornfield in Dyersville, Iowa. And supposedly it's, it's just going to be this incredible television experience. I can't wait. There's going to be, um, I think it's, like 39 HD cameras in play and 50 microphones. There's there's microphones that are buried in the field, um, aerial drones, like all kinds of stuff going on. Slow motion cams, super slow-mo cams. Uh, the game's also going to be in 4K. Look, this is going to be a, a, a remarkable viewing experience, and I hope people are able to enjoy it. Um, it's going to be on Fox. The, uh, uh, the game will start early here. In, uh, in in Arizona, it's gonna because the the game is at um, the live coverage begins at six Eastern, which is three o'clock our time, and then the game I believe uh, first pitch is at seven o five Eastern, so four o five our time. So a lot of us won't be able to see it, 
but if you can if you can set your DVRs or whatever, check it out. I think this is going to be just a remarkable. At least I hope it is. I mean, they're really touting it as being one of the great spectacles in in uh, Major League Baseball's television history. So can't wait for that. Now, one of the other interesting stories and something that made local headlines here in Tucson because of the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl partnership that was announced and that Barstool Sports, Barstool has been trying to get into live sports broadcasting for several years now. They've got a lot of power. They've got a lot of clout, specifically with the younger demographic, something that would be attractive to a sport maybe like Major League Baseball who has very, very little of the younger demographic. Younger, the younger demographic isn't as interested in baseball as us old farts, right? I mean, that's just, that's just the way it is. How do you fix that? Okay? They have tried to inject certain things into the game. Uh, of course, timing has always been an issue with baseball. Baseball games still don't last nearly as long as an NFL game or a college football game, but the lack of constant action has driven the younger viewers away. How do you capture the younger demographic? Well, you get into a partnership with somebody, with a broadcast unit, with a broadcast company, who already has large ownership and a lot of eyeballs of that younger demographic. Now, according to reports from the New York Post and from other, uh, from other sources, that MLB and Barstool could potentially team up to create a new type of broadcast and focus even on in-game gambling. Now, this is really breaking the rules of baseball, right? Baseball, the king of unwritten rules. We spoke about it yesterday, just about how gambling in baseball has always been the number one taboo. It's been the number one rule in baseball, do not gamble on baseball. It's always been there. They're talking about now opening up online gambling during the games via Barstool Sports. Now, this is not going to be an every game thing, okay? Both sides have declined comments on this, so we'll wait to hear what El Presidente may have to say later on uh, about this subject in, in the weeks ahead. MLB currently has national TV rights, or Fox, Turner, and ESPN have national TV rights with MLB. As part of its new contract with ESPN that begins, that starts next year, the network dropped the non-exclusive Monday and Wednesday games, which means Major League Baseball needs to find buyers for Monday and Wednesday nights. The interest from Barstool, I would say, would be extremely palpable. Now, Barstool, of course, sticks out because, as I mentioned, their connection with the younger demographic. Major League Baseball has to do something if they want to continue the game uh, as it's been enjoyed for decades and for the last century and a half, right? You know, once once all us old folks are dead, and if you haven't reached out to the younger demographic, well, there you go. We, we all know what's going to happen at that point. Barstool would, though, they would be broadcasting it much like the way that they're going to broadcast the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl, which is via the website and also their socials, Twitter, Instagram, uh, and the likes, okay? So this would be a completely new breakthrough for broadcasting a, a, a you know a considerable product like Major League Baseball. This is going to get interesting. I would love to hear some people's thoughts on this. 
would you tune in to Major League Baseball? Let's say, let's say 2023 uh, on a Monday night. The Diamondbacks are playing the Dodgers at a Monday night game, let's say, and you can throw some shekels on that while you're watching on uh, on Barstool Sports. You watch on their on their Twitter account. You can have it on your phone right there. You're watching the game. Is that something you would engage in? Is that something that you would like? But I think most importantly, would the young demographic embrace that? Would they would they watch? How do you market the game that has forced the younger demographic away because of the progression of the younger demographic, so to speak, I guess, to, you know, want things that are more immediate, things that are more action-packed. Like, I was talking to somebody the other day. We were laughing about TikToks. I like TikTok. Yes, I know it sounds lame. I think there's some really funny stuff on there. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a freak for dogs. I love dogs. Dogs are, like, my thing. I absolutely love dogs. make me laugh. They do the funniest things. I just, it, it's, I've always been that way. My TikTok, like, when I go through it, it's just nothing but dog videos. There's dogs, dogs doing this, do, dogs knocking over trash cans, dogs singing songs, dogs wearing costumes and doing funny things. It's, it's just, it's nothing but dogs. I, and I, we, I love it and I, I enjoy it. I was talking to somebody the other day and I was like, do you, you know, do you like TikTok? And they're like, no, the videos are too long. And this person was in their mid 20s, they were 24, 25 years old, I think. And I stopped, and I was like, what do you mean the videos are too long? They're like 18 seconds long. They're like, yeah, it's, it's you know, I get bored. I'm like, you get bored after 18 seconds? Man, <laughs> I'm in trouble. I talk way too much. And certainly products like Major League Baseball would be in trouble if that's the mentality that's out there, the young demographic, that they can only <laughs> you can only hold their attention for 15 seconds and then they're off to something else. How does Barstool Sports do that? Well, we may find out. Uh, it, it, I'll tell you what, the experiment begins December 31st. Do we? What kind of spikes do we see from the younger demographic on the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl? That will be interesting to see. We're going to take a timeout. When we return, we'll put a big, bright red, shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. You're listening here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Too much fun happening here on a Tuesday. We're just having a good time talking some sports, talking all kinds of things off the air. Speaking of uh, talking about sports, tune in tonight if you're uh, looking for some baseball on the radio and you want to hear the best team in Major League Baseball play some ball tonight. You can listen because the Diamondbacks, not the best team in baseball, the worst team in baseball, uh, but they're going to be playing at the best team in baseball, the San Francisco Giants, and you can find that coverage right here on ESPN Tucson starting at 6 p.m., first pitch, and uh, get yourself some uh, some baseball action. Of course, we are the, the flagship for the Arizona Diamondbacks, and, uh, yes, it has been a struggle this year for D-backs fans and for the D-backs club, but uh, you know, I think greener pastures, it can't, certainly can't get much worse. But uh, they're going to be taking on the Giants in a, uh, uh, in a uh, game tonight. You can hear again right here on ESPN Tucson starting at 6 p.m. Uh, again, also tomorrow at 6 p.m., D-backs at San Francisco. Uh, real quick, I want to give my MLB power rankings. I'm going to start at my 10th place team and work my way to the top. Uh, my 10th place team for the power rankings right now is the New York Yankees. They've got a huge series against another team in my top 10 coming up. 
this uh, this weekend. We'll see just what happens with the Yankees. They shored up that horrendous lineup that they had. We know they've got good pitching. Can they rely on their bullpen? I think the Yankees are going to going to start moving up that list, though. Number nine on my list is the Oakland Athletics. Uh, they, they've had some problems. They've been stumbling a little bit. Still a very good, uh, very good team, but uh, Ramon Laureano with the 80-game PED suspension is going to really cause some problems with them. So uh, we'll see, but I, I, I think that's a team that's going to slip possibly out of the top ten altogether. My eighth-place uh, team as far as the power rankings go, the San Diego Padres, Next 10 games coming up are some pretty easy foes. they got the Marlins, the D-backs, and the Rockies coming up in their next 10. They should win probably seven you know, seven of those 10 games and uh, put themselves in a good position. They're a good team. Uh, I don't know how much strength they have in the postseason, but they're good enough to be in the top 10 right now for sure. Number seven on my list, and this is a little bit of a stretch here, maybe. I don't know. For some people it might be. I have the Toronto Blue Jays as my number seven team. They are – White hot right now. George Springer, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., they are just absolutely white hot. They've won 10 of their last 12. They No lead is insurmountable for them. If you have a lead on, on the Blue Jays, even if it's a five- or a six-run lead, do not rest on your laurels. That team can absolutely just score in heartbeats, and a team with that much firepower is always going to be trouble. Uh, so I have them at number seven on my power rankings. Number six, I love the Chicago White Sox. They got Eloy Jimenez back. He has hit two home runs and hit had five RBI in the in the last two games, which is very impressive. Um, but I, look, they're they're a really really good team. I actually have a friend who is a, a coach on the uh, on the team, and he really just he loves where they're you know the direction they're headed right now. Um, and so I have them at number six, but they're easily could be a top five team. My fifth place team right now is a team that. The Giants just recently had a slew of difficulty with. They took two out of three in Milwaukee, but Gabe Kapler said after the series that that was the best team they've played all season. That was Those were the toughest victories that they've had to get all year. Uh, the Brewers are a really, really, really good team. Uh, Rowdy Tellis is just hitting the cover off the ball right now since the All-Star break. That's a good team to look out for in the, uh, in the NL right there, the Brewers at number five. Number four, I got the Tampa Bay Rays. And I know it's a little low. Some people are like, what are you talking about, Tampa Bay Rays number four? Okay, listen. I think they feasted a little bit off the bad versions of the teams in their division. And no, I don't have the Red Sox in my top ten. They have been in my top ten for most of the season, and they have slipped out recently. And you know, Chris Sale's not going to help either. Uh, but I, I, I feel like the Rays have feasted a little bit in their – you know, their record is indicative of some bad teams that they've played early on. It's not to say that they haven't earned those 68 wins, because that's a remarkable number. I just don't know if they're one of the three best teams in Major League Baseball. My three best teams in Major League Baseball are as follows. Number three, the Houston Astros. I know everybody hates them, and I hate them too. But you know what? They're a damn good baseball team. And you get them into the postseason with that staff and that lineup and that defense, they're going to be trouble. I think they're the third best team in baseball. Number two on the power rankings list, the stinking Dodgers. I don't want to talk too much about them. They have slipped into a, a little bit of a, of a rut here, but Cody Bellinger is starting to hit the ball again, which is bad news for everybody else. And ultimately, once you get into the playoffs with 
Scherzer, Bueller, and Kershaw as your starting three. Granted, they all stay healthy. That's a gauntlet no team wants to go through in the postseason. And number one, the San Francisco Giants. 30 games over five hundred for the first time since 2003. As dominant as that team was in 2010, 12, and 14 when they won the World Series those three years, none of those years were they as dominant as they are this season. I watched this team the entire spring. I PA announced for the games. I was there. I read all the stats before the games. I watched the team play. I watched every single player that they got on this roster, and I thought to myself, this team at best is a 500 baseball team. <laughs> They've been the best team in baseball since day one. It's unbelievable. They go on the road, they win. They they, they throw a, a you know, first-time starter out there, they win. They can't hit the ball, they win. They are a resilient and remarkable team right now. Not sure how it's going to finish, but right now they're the best team in baseball and they have been since day one. That's going to wrap up today's edition, pardon me, of the Jeff Dean Show. Thank you to our guest, Tyler Drake, sports reporter of AZ Sports. You can follow him at tdrake for sports And, of course, thank you to Mary. Ryan DeGlass for all her hard work, pushing all the right buttons, keeping us on the air. Congratulations to Ryan uh, Ray Holbrook, the winner of our FC Tucson tickets. We've got a great show planned for you tomorrow. Stick around for 3 o'clock this afternoon. Spears and Ali every afternoon here on ESPN Tucson, and then follow that up with D-backs and Giants baseball. We'll see you again here tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. for the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 a.m., 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Thanks for listening to The Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back tomorrow morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson. From the Casino Del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. 1490 KFFN AM Tucson, KMXC HD4 Tucson.